Hey, welcome to season two of Dead Air Records. We've been recording episodes all summer long, and we're really excited to start releasing them again. If you're an old listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, this is a show where we talk about music. Sometimes we do a hit disciple where we take our favorite song and break it down live and figure out what makes it so goddamn good. And sometimes we just rant and rave about the music world and what we love and hate about it. We're going to be releasing new episodes every two weeks on Thursday, and this episode you're listening to right now commemorates the one-year anniversary of our first podcast release last year. So happy birthday to us. If you're curious more about our background, I highly recommend going back and checking out those first three episodes. It gives a lot more background on who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. But most importantly, we really want to hear from you. We want to hear what songs you like, what songs you don't like. We want to hear topics that you wish we would talk about more, stuff you think we've missed, stuff you think we haven't addressed yet. We really want you to get involved. And that can be done by hitting us up on Instagram at deadairrecords or deadairrecords at gmail.com. You could always leave us a rating on iTunes or tell your friends about us. Helps a lot. And we really hope you enjoy season two. We've been trying out new formats, new ideas, and we're really excited about it. All right, I'm going to stop holding up the episode. It's a hit disciple. I hope you like it. We talk about suicide. The band. Not the act. And we're still out here. Bye, Billions. Episode 33? Yeah, it should be. Um, we, uh, we're we going to do uh, It's Anonymous 2's turn to surprise me with a song. You but he already me, you ruined it. finally called me Anonymous 2. Oh, I thought I was... Yeah, I got it mixed up. Ha, 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 ha. Which is you. the whole point. <laughs> and so should all of you be mixed up, as we are. Uh, didn't really surprise me with it, because told me before we recorded, because I need to actually... Download the song. Yeah, and... It can only be so put it on my Put it on my iTunes and play it. Um, Maybe but, next yeah. time I can download it on your computer without you knowing. That'd be fun. Deep in the, in the throes of a roofie trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll steal here. Sorry. Um, do you want to, uh, do you want to introduce what we're playing? <laughs> um, we're going to do Cherie Cherie by Suicide, right. um, an electronic duo uh-huh. from the late 70s. Um, Alan Vega and what's the other guy's name? I have no, I'm not a suicide historian. Martin, I, Martin Rev. Alan yeah. Vega died last year. Did I remember he? I was, I was working on, uh, no, that was two years ago. Shit, I was I was working on the album on my roof in Crown Heights, and I saw that Alan Vega died, and I just listened to the whole album. Just mm-hmm. I, just, I just poured one out audibly. <laughs> poured one out audibly. <laughs> poured one out into my ears for suicide, <laughs> and then went back to my own devices. Um, suicide is a kind of thought of as a like early proto punk group right. in aesthetic, at least, and also in sound. Yeah, I think that they they kind of represent like this minimal. Like fucking around on cheap electronic equipment, right? Um, yeah, that kind of DIY. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, are they from New York? I think are so. They from, I've, I don't know. I Suicide. just like their music. Yeah, they've got a. I I also downloaded. Yeah, like the album Suicide. Um, I feel like sometime after I. I kind of became aware of other music other than classical stuff. Um, <laughs> and, and it was always kind of a little favorite of mine. Yeah, they're from New York City. Hell yeah. Um, Suck it, rest of the world. 
This shit's from New York. Uh, like us. Yeah, um, but they were like early fucking around with synthesizers, which is which is kind of cool. I feel like that kind of died out in like punk. Um, yeah, there's also like a like, I think that there is. It's worth mentioning that 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 the boss really liked suicide, yeah. right? Um, that Bruce Springsteen really was into suicide and saw suicide as like a very experimental extension of just normal song, singer-songwriting. Yeah. I think this really shows if you listen to Nebraska, which is like an album I would love to talk about at I some point. I was going to say, I was going to say, isn't there that story with it of like, uh, what is it, is Highway Patrol or something like that? that That's inspired by like Frankie Teardrop or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and Bruce Springsteen played it for, for Alan Vega and... Alan Vega thought it was like his song and didn't remember writing it. He was like, "Oh shit, I don't remember writing this one." <laughs> like, was convinced that it was like one of his songs and him singing it, and then Bruce, it was actually Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, um, but but I think that there's a couple of different uh, perspectives that people see this album. One of them is as like this like grimy DIY album that like really kind of was about like really hypnotic repetitive shit and like a lot of creepy vocals i kind of think later of like groups like white house that do a lot or like even like swans later on in the 80s like um like the whole like <laughs> like pretty consistently yeah um like Sprex demo kind of like some 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 Schoenbergian. Yeah, it's right. got. I feel like it's got a weird like Germany kind of influence of just like weird weird kind of like expressionist singing. Expressionist was like a word that w I was gonna say as well. Yeah, it's like yeah, because I feel like there's like the traditional storytelling type of songwriting, right? But but like th these are more kind of like. Um, postmodern songs intentionally I feel like they try to they try to break down things like who like like narrator and narrated and like what you know play off of really minimal information a lot of the time yeah right um, like what what are the words to this song or maybe we should do that after should we give it a listen oh baby baby yeah no let's uh let's give it a listen so we're gonna do Cherie, Cherie. Uh, there's two versions. We're gonna do like the the initial album version. There's like a remix that came out shortly afterwards, where they kind of put a bunch of filters and kind of effects yeah. on it. Um, but we're gonna do the uh, the first one. So this is 1977. Uh, Cherie off of Suicide by Suicide. Baby, 
There's something that's just one chord progression in here like that. I don't think so. <laughs> it was so, so soothing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fucking pretty. <laughs> oh. Gorgeous song. Yeah, dude. But why? Is it like so a long. is it a hit? I feel like like not in the ways that most of the stuff that we do here. It's a it's a mood. It's a vibe. Yeah. As DJ Khaled would so justly say. Can um, you imagine him say, go, like, Cherie, Cherie, it's a vibe. I think, I mean, like, it's, it's, I don't think it's a hit in terms of, like, like, radio, like, selling out, like, stadiums hit or whatever. Right. Though I'm sure they did. Uh, one of them is still, like, performing, but, but, like, Whenever I talk to people about suicide, I feel like Sheree Sheree is like the the, the takeaway song yeah. for most people. Like people are like, oh, is that like the one that Sheree Sheree? And it's like, yeah, that song. Like everybody hears this song and is like, I feel like there's kind of like a fill glass, like minimalist effect of just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, where you're just like sitting and listening to it and just like. Yeah, it's like a, it's like getting hit with like a dose of morphine. Um, yeah, it kind of. So, what are my our, first thought yeah. was like I have a lot written down actually. Um, whoop, 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 my whoop. first my first thought was Raymond Scott. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I had never that's really good. put that together. Yeah, that's good um, with the with the with the high <laughs> shit. Yeah, with the music boxy sounding <laughs> shit, right? And just like the repetitive like. Yeah. No, I never thought of that. That's amazing. I wonder uh, if they were if they were in on it. Well, let's let's trade some some impressions. Yeah. Uh, just. I, I feel like I always need to reinforce uh, that that until like a few years ago and like I started really getting into like trying to figure out how songs and shit actually work. Like I just never thought about how every song I've ever heard has a key, <laughs> which is like the same thing for like it's the same thing when I would like hear a piano piece and like get the score and it just always used to blow my mind that that was all written down like it's wild. And so. I just, 
I just sat here and realized that Cherie Cherie is in G and it just feels so like I just ripped away its towel after it got out of the shower. Interesting. I feel like you have a different relationship with keys than I do because I feel like for you finding out that something isn't a key like like changes the color of it almost yeah. in your brain. For me, I feel like it like confirms the color of it because like it already was in G before me figuring it out. Right. Right. No, I, it's, it's, I mean, in the same way that like, I I guess I just have a lot of associations with like classical music and things being in keys as like my way of really understand, like just recognizing a piece by name. Like people would be like, Oh, like Beethoven, Beethoven sonata 22. And I'm like, which one is that? And they're like E flat. And I'm like, Oh yeah, E flat. I know the one, I know that key. Like I know it's secret code or whatever. Like it was like a, it was (laughs) like a, like a secret kind of system for identification. And like, I never, I never wanted to transfer it over to like, pop music that much uh and it always just blows my mind when i when i hear some shit like that okay um, what's another years um i have let's see i have a, a distorted tambourine question mark yeah um is that what that is <laughs> yeah those like i wrote deep insect noise i feel deep like that i feel noise. like that noise is like yeah, it's like some kind of percussion, some kind of tambourine, but uh, it just reminds me of like, you know, like being out in the woods really late and there's just like so many bugs just like, yeah, yeah like yeah, it's yeah. just got this feeling that I think adds to like the the total kind of mood of the song is just like night being like yeah. completely alone, just like, I feel like wiling out on your own. I feel like the bugs. Yeah, there's a lot of. It's like very, very, very considered. Yeah. For trying to pretend to be so kind of like minimal and being like words. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> right? Like 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 I feel like it is all text painting for something incredibly like visceral and real that that everybody kind of can relate to but I, but it's but there's no real it, all of the all of the connections to each of the sounds are kind of like by ear and not necessarily like there's no real precedent for like a lot of the sounds going together here and i think this yeah. is part of why suicide left such a big impression on people is right that, like, like the juxtaposition of, right. of all of it like it's so many kind of things you wouldn't expect all like pushed together like right. it's like there's like a lot of feedback right mm-hmm. which kind of lends itself to i feel like like in 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 punk music that's a big thing like how many thousands of records start with like yeah Right, or yeah. like, um, but it also is like in the late seventies they were doing like spectralism stuff and like, like I feel like there's a lot of really high frequencies captured here that like, uh, like that wasn't really put down to record in the same way beforehand. Like usually if some if a amp tweaks or whatever, or if like there's parts where this music box thing really starts to overdrive a bit mm-hmm. um, because it's like clashing with something else, right? Yeah. Um, and usually I feel like that's left out of like really classic records yeah. from the time is yeah. like there's this very very even even when they do like 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 Iggy and the Stooges does like feedback or something it's very like manipulated to be balanced in the speakers right, right? but here there is a kind of like uncontrolled high that that kind of is like always kind of kind of pushing up against this like distorted ceiling yeah right 
with and there's a lot hanging out up there. There's like this tambourine yeah. that's already crunched like all to hell. I'm just gonna call it a tambourine. I don't really know if it is. Yeah. Um, um. And then there's also like what sounds like an electric guitar on like a filter gate. A filter gate is just something that makes it instead of like a straight chord, it pulses, right? Like. But they're just playing one note per each thing. And it's just like, yeah, they're playing like a chord. Yeah. Yeah. So hypothetically, they're like doing chords and whole notes and it's pulsating eighth notes, right? Or at least that's what it sounds like. But this is a big thing that happens with recording. I feel like once, like the better recording gets, the more subgenres kind of rely on the the ambiguities of bad recording to kind of to kind of like make their package more mysterious whether it's like black metal or like really early industrial music off of like rising of the red sand or like some some demo tape bullshit like this is part of the, our iphone recordings yeah our <laughs> iphone recordings like it's there's a reason that like i feel like uh, we talk a lot about how production has gotten better and better and better and mm -hmm. how that shapes music. But it also shapes like a kind of shadow for itself of people being sick of like overproduced. Like how many times have you heard like music people be like, oh, it sounds so overproduced, right? right? Like there's a kind of rawness or realness that gets left behind the more forward into technology recording you go. Yeah. Um, that I feel like here it sounds much more like they put a mic to the drum machine or, or like, you know, like it's like it's all still those technologies, but it's like used to sound cluttered or not cluttered. It's a weird because it's, it's like gorgeous messy. and considered, but like like but it's, like, you know, yeah, no, I mean, it's like it, it sounds messy and it sounds like it sounds like they were like intentionally trying to trying to get it to sound like. Not amateur, but that's like what they were like going for. Yeah. Or, or which is different. It's different to be like. <laughs> It's like using the the sh like the capa like these aren't like s great studio recording qualities for most of the instruments. The vocals are pretty up there, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but it's like using the shittiness as a way of blending all the sounds together, mm -hmm. right? It's like everything overdrives at a certain point. So a lot of sounds can kind of bleed into other sounds when everything is overdriving, mm -hmm. right? And it creates, rather than like a ton of separate instruments, this big washy feel of like, it's messy and it kind of, they're all playing the same exact chords, right? Mm -hmm. Or else it would be like a mess, right? <laughs> but it also, um, I feel like that really psychologically lends itself to, to make you kind of really almost affectionate about it. Like it's got like less so kind of mystique, uh, but yeah, when you hear something that's just that's just state of the art recording technology made in like Hollywood in like a billion dollar production studio, um, it'll sound great and it'll sound just like cash. Um, mm -hmm. But when you hear stuff like this, I feel like that it makes people really. Um, nostalgic and like relatable like it's something oh. that feels like you like maybe by the virtue of the fact that like you could f like conceivably kind of record something that sounds like this if you really kind of or tried. already have yeah like um, or have i think everybody has experience with handheld recording devices that like go <laughs> yeah or like you know like like 
but it's very sweet. But it, but you root for you root for the music with the with the, on the demo tape more, right? right? The if underdog it's good, sound. it's really good because it it didn't like rely on having all the sounds brought to the forefront and like all of these like magician tricks that producers are so dope at that that like make things just pop and sound right. really good. Like like a great example is like you can take the same beat and master it like five different ways and like everybody will have a kind of preference, mm-hmm. right? Um but here it's kind of like like it's a big appeal to to underground music. Mm-hmm. Uh underground music as a label that doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah. But I feel like back then counterculture was more of a thing that normal culture had to fight with all the time. Yeah. This is like the same era of like fear doing the SNL show, right? Or is that later on? Do I don't remember, know what that like, is. Fear. They mm-hmm. were like a, the group that did New York's all right. If you like uh, saxophones, mm. <laughs> do you know that song? Um, but but they did. They went on like Saturday Night Live. I think in like the eighties or the seventies, and okay. it was like they they did like five thousand dollars of damages to the set, oh, and okay. it was like counterculture is here like it's in your face like you they, we now now it's like counterculture people behind the counter at starbucks yeah serve, like with like just trying to live but i feel like there is there is a more tangible face to counterculture and stuff like that that people really like like from from like the kind of androgynous query movement mm-hmm. with like david bowie and all of these kind of 70s stars yeah um, I feel like the replacements fits in really well. The into replacements, all of this too. yeah. Um, um, I was gonna say I was gonna bring up uh, Velvet Underground too, in that I this just sounds like like the next stage of like Velvet Underground. Like it's got a very like Soho loft kind of like vibe to it, which is why I was actually kind of surprised when you were saying that this is kind of like proto like punk is because like. It sounds so artsy. It's one of the. It's perceived like that for yeah. sure. I um, mean, like if you go into like you know like any of any like hole in the wall corner or like like record shop that prides prides itself on having like good rare classics. Like, yeah, they're gonna have like a re re released version of this. Yeah, right. No, like true. for sure. Um, and and it's it's I think truly though it's deeper than like punk or something like that, which is why this out like. If I like Sheree Sheree. Yeah. Like there's old song structure in it too. Comic My book fantasy. fantasy. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you could take like it's such like a, a deformed doo-wop song almost. <laughs> like 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 there's there's in a way it kind of is like the actual inner monologue of like the thirsty dude singing these love songs. It's just like, oh, baby. <laughs> like pathetic and small and like not sure how to articulate himself. And like, like it paints a very surreal, but accurate picture of like a very typical song. Yeah. I think underneath all of its like harsh exterior or unusual that's, exterior. That's a big part of, I, I, I think of like heroin and shit like that as songs that heroin are aiming un- velvet, underground. velvet underground. Yeah. Um, as like aiming to capture, like, like not tell a story anymore, but capture like a feeling that you're going through, like yeah. in the same way of like Berg and like Lulu and Votsek and shit like yeah. that is it's like, the point isn't to, to to tell your love story anymore. It's like the context right. that you're like, like trying to get it out like psychologically right. in. Um, the 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 thought is more like how do I how do I capture like the 
the desolateness of right. like this pretty like overused kind of chord structure and like I don't or not desolate it's just like it seems to be a commentary on something that already exists as well as being something new right yeah I mean and I think that's a that's Scott Walker too I feel like yeah. somebody who fucks with this a lot yeah right? for sure I th- I feel like that's why I brought up like impression or not impression expressionism in the mm-hmm. first place is like the whole like idea and concept of it is to like stop kind of trying to express the 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 story and like the clear images and start trying to kind of portray like the psychology behind it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Which is, yeah, this song, this song kind of absolutely does that. There's like nothing else to go on in this song, which is why I think it's such like a clear, like beautiful example of it. Um, Um, And, and, and they're, they do this consistently on the album. mm -hmm. It's a great album. Like this isn't like a one-off, like let's hear it for Frankie. (laughs) That's like one of the scariest songs of all time. There's also like this drama when you listen to the full album of like, dude, is he going to start screaming and shuri shuri? Like, is he like, like this narrator already, if you listen from beginning to end is not trustworthy as far as the level that he keeps his voice yeah like, yeah, like I remember some I remember. of the most piercing shrieks and screams are on this album i remember like driving around on like a road trip listening to this album <laughs> probably for like one of the first times and and let's hear it for frankie came yeah. on and i like almost jerked the wheel like it was so <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's nice. so intense like it's a it's a scary album and um, and in that way just like with nebraska i feel like sheree sheree is like a chapter in this incredibly like like post everything book with where there is no narrative it's yeah. just like a big lump of scary like thoughts and psychology with like loaded kind of music behind it that's yeah. a little too enjoyable for what the fuck he's talking about that's something I, I i feel like we it would be cool to like compile like a list of like really intense albums that all have like the one off just gorgeous ass song cuz mm. it's weird like i think of i think of like there's other there's other like major chord songs on this album though but nothing nothing really come except keep your dreams was but that was like a bonus track right? yeah um i don't know i i just feel i feel like there's there's it stands out for sure yeah it stands out on this one in the same way as like uh fucking what's it called the uh the replacements track, the piano one on that, androgynous. Like, yeah, androgynous on that album is just like totally out of place. Or like, what's the the yeah yeah yeahs? That one just like gorgeous Maps. fucking love yeah. song on it amidst. Oh all, wait, like, no, the, the last one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just amidst all like the fucking pounding shit. That's like yeah. There's there's something really fucking special about just like the out of place kind of refrain of like self reflection and like intimacy in the midst of like a really intense context um yeah. like it seems it like it reminds me of like a slow movement in like a in like a sonata or something yeah. more than anything um it's yeah i think i think that's a that's a good point i like there's something very leader-esque about this album to me in particular mm-hmm. but i feel like that like it like and and i do think of nebraska and this album as kind of inspired by each other i don't know which one was inspired by which but like but as far as like there being different fucked up characters that like this singer songwriter is trying to portray yeah right? like that's a very like leadery kind of thing to do um and i think it's very like 
it really reminds me of shit like Ervartung, right? Yeah. <laughs> or like or like fucking like Votsek. Yep. Right? Um, but just like it's but with like pop commercial chords, which is like such a creepier idea for now, I feel like, than than just like atonal music with him being like Sheree, Sheree. I love yeah. you. Right? Like I feel like having the like yeah, is like so much creepier. It's and the same. It's the same as like the 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 Bach in the middle of the Berg violin concerto shit, right? Yeah. It's that kind of feeling of like this this moment of just like tonality mm-hmm. that's like so beautiful. It's kind of scary. Yeah, out of nowhere, like you don't trust it, it yeah. right? I feel like trust and tonality is something that gets played upon a lot mm-hmm. in in like harsh noise or or like just yeah. I mean like. Because on the other hand, this album also totally paved the way for a lot of like noise groups, right? Like, uh, in my opinion, yeah. like I don't know like, much about a, this. You're you're much more into that, that you talk, genre like, like, than like, I am. W- this kind of shit or like Psychic TV. Do you know Psychic TV? Mm-mm. They did like um, Discipline. I need Discipline with just like the like screaming as hard as you can and as long as you can in the mic. Like, okay. there's not a lot of precedent for that in this kind of way. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like a it's not like a like a bluesy yell or something like that. It's like like a horror movie yell that just is tr- like the point purposefully trying to be abrasive and uncomfortable, right? Like the performance art era music. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like like this is huge for that too. This is like a weird start. I don't know how they had breaking their front so many teeth things. on the microphone. Right. Screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um like it's interesting because we've done a lot of music from this time. Yeah, but um, all on kind all of all seem the... to be unaware of this, but this seems to be aware of all of that. Yeah, right. I was gonna my last <laughs> my last uh, thing I wanted to point. Well, actually, I had two little ones. Um, the uh, I feel like when that synth comes in, the really high thing, mm-hmm. it just sounds like it. In the same way you're saying it sounds like doo wop or whatever, I wrote down Buddy Holly because it just sounds like every day it's a little like the little music boxy kind of like like it just yeah. sounds like they're playing on like all the old '50s love songs. And yeah, shit like it's like coming that. out of like some weird radio. Like, yeah, ba- like like rather than them playing it, like they turned on like this old radio or old record that they're like fucking up. Yeah, that has that like. Little I, I feel like tune. I just have this like mental image of like the the. The scene that this song is happening in is like a guy like with his little radio just jerking off by himself in the woods listening to Buddy Holly or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, but like yeah, I mean like we haven't even gotten into like like pretty. Uh, all right, let's let's, let's, we, let's, let's do the music. Yeah. So, how do we talk about form in a song like this? Like just entrances. Because uh, I feel like nothing leaves once it's introduced. Yeah, it's just like a. It's just. I mean, it's like a, it's like a beat. <laughs> like, there's no like, there's no like alternate sections. Like, there's no real verses. It's right. just kind of it starts and it slowly builds layers on top of it, and then it's just over. It's like, like, it's like a loop. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> suicide's bolero. <laughs> Stop it really quick. Can we do voicing of these chords? Because I feel like it, it matters, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm almost. I, I hear 
what you're talking about the bass like wow 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 but the bass hasn't come in yet i don't think is this just synths it sounds like the guitar and the synth like an organ sound with like the wow 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 is that what you're talking about with the bass yeah I guess I'm hearing. So you th- that's an org. I was gonna say it sounds kind of like an organ keyboard synth sort of thing. Whoa, I can- whoa, it sounds like that thing. Yeah. But it's like- I think it's doing the chords. Play it one more time. I'm only hearing the the top note. It's like the main. You know what? The guitar is actually doing like eighth note triplets. So like. Bum, 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 It's almost like a flanger rather than a filter gate. Do you hear that though? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I I can't even begin to like try to count it, (laughs) but like. I just mean like roughly, it's not as fast as the 16th note and it's faster than the 8th note. So it's like somewhere in between. It's uneven. This is why it's not actually a filter gate, I don't think. It's just like some big tremolo thing that these guitar chords. Can you play it one more time? I just feel like this is like the first batch of pairs. I definitely hear um, uh, sixth with the D underneath. Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Uh, like the main thing that sticks out to me in the mix is the D da D da D da D da, and then I'm hearing. The I think the same. I think the same organ tone playing the six underneath it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think G's in the bass for all of it? I don't tell the A. I was just being lazy. Okay. But there's, I mean, like, how many? The only reason that I want to really get every voicing and sound yeah, is because that's much. all there is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is the most used chord progression. I mean, and it's like the fact that it sounds so familiar. The first song on this is what Ghost Rider. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Um, which is like not. It, it's like. It's not tonal in the way that this is, right? It's got like an ostinato, and he's like, right? Yeah. But this is like actual chords, which I feel like when you're listening this far through, you really do hear the voicing after so long. Like, it kind of reminds me of in the Tate Cobang song, right? When the when the synth comes in and all of a sudden he's sing, right? Like he's singing in a in a world that actually has tone like tonal implications. We're gonna and do it changes that song. everything. We're gonna do that. That's on my list of shit to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it does. Uh, it's well, I mean also it's just there for so long that you start having you like out of necessity you every, almost yeah, like you need to listen to start hearing it because there's not like a ton else to listen to. Especially before the the like the high stuff comes in like i feel like the high stuff really is some kind of distracting kind of thing from from like the core of what's going on in this you Um, said like beat making and it's very much like it i feel like this is like the 
the there's always like a tonal part that you're afraid will get old really quickly, right? And then you like layer and structure lots of rhythmic yeah. things, so it sounds like it's getting bigger when it's like the same thing. Do you hear? I'm gonna. I was gonna say that these are quarter notes. E ah, two, three, four. One, two, yeah. three, four. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. Er. Wait. What did I just say? Half notes. You don't want to just do four bar phrases? I feel like it's easier. So everything's whole notes? Yeah. One, two, three, four. Let's do it in sample. Like four bar, like just count each unit as a four bar phrase, right? Because his vocals are always at the beginning or the end, right? Shree, shree. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. It's like a high organ too, right? It's like up at the top. You can hear like the draw part, right? Like the 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 like there's a certain sound that electronic organs make to try to imitate real organs. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Like it's like I think of it as like the the on on like electronic organs, it's called the draw sound. Like is that like the imitating like the pipes kind of like shifting to opening and closing? I think right. Okay, what's the what's the do we hear bass? Not what's yet. the lowest note? Not not bass as the instrument, but what's like the lowest note of what's happening? Is it is it just G's? I weirdly hear like so here's the bass. Boom. 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 Just like adding Boom. to the squareness of it. Boom. Right? Yeah. But I'm not sure. It's like so echo or like I don't know Can't if reverb or echoey, right? But yeah, it's hard I'm to it's it. hard to keep one sound where you're at. Like especially when you don't know how many sounds are going on at the very beginning. I think it's two, right? With the organ and these like low chords. Yeah. But weirdly I hear like or like those six that we were talking about yeah is like i hear the low g and then i hear the, these six as like the lower notes it's weird i don't know let me hear it again I kind of I feel like maybe all the guitar dis- distortion is just like G's just and it's just like like it's just like correct me if I'm wrong I think that these are like this With like most of these common tone G's, because I feel like I distinctly hear all these notes. I remember feeling like I was hearing parallel fourths, right? Yeah. I'll write them in tiny on my score, so you hear like the G G A G in the middle of the with like D, which makes it go from kind of like just six to actually like a one six four chord a four six three chord yeah yeah it does make more sense um 
I'm kind of hearing just like a pedal, pedal tone G underneath everything in the guitar, though. Like, especially in this opening. Like, listen. Yeah, in the opening. But the bass does come in and play all the... Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay. It's clear. It's really clear there. Huh. But it sounds like the middle voice is the one that, that that's like Okay, we'll never know for sure. <laughs> so we <laughs> How many let me, I just wanna see how so we've got one bar of just or one cell or whatever of two cells of this. And then bass? And then bass. So that's like twelve seconds of that. repeat of that and these are our only like ingredients so far so it's like four boxes of, and then when he says shri shri then not trying this like like it just sounds like fucking, it just sounds like white noise at first yeah it yeah. sounds like somebody just like left their radio on or something <laughs> again it's just like the middle of the night okay so we've got yeah like eight-ish bars or whatever 16 we've got cells of like four and then shri shri um do you hear i was really interested last last time when we were doing um all for love about the concept of pitched voice versus like unpitched voice specifically we were talking about the like yeah and you were hearing it as like the b he was about to sing because it was yeah but <laughs> that's i feel like that's all about perception because like i don't i don't hear it like that sometimes but like but with that one i'm particularly because the because the vocal exclamation was a dip was hitting a note dipping down and then hitting that note again yeah right I feel yeah. like it's double iterating that it, he wants to sing that one in particular. But but not to get caught up on this argument. Again. Right, I know no. what you're saying. It's, like like it, there's a like if anything hearing. it it made it it just kind of alerted me to the fact that like I I wonder about stuff like that and I wonder if it's intentional or I wonder if it is like accidental and I wonder how it's like perceived. Cause I also I wonder how many kids he has with different cousins <laughs> with like, five. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, Rod Stewart has eight kids with five different women. We, we were looking up fun facts about Rod Stewart before the show. <laughs> uh, but it, it was interesting because, like, I really, I really never considered that, that yeah, as anything to do with, like, a musical pitch. And it was wild to hear how adamant you were that it did. Because, like, it doesn't come off that way to me. And I'm bringing it up because I don't hear shuri shuri. As like, like G, 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 maybe G. it ends with G, a G, G now that I'm like humming it and I know what the key of the song is, but like I've never thought for an instant that he was like what about, singing this oh song. Oh, baby. What about maybe, that one? Maybe stuff like that. <laughs> right? There's like certain, this is what I feel like Shrekstema was supposed to do, but he like only wanted to do it with things people couldn't predict anyway, right? Like Shrekstema is like, 
or just like talk singing, right? To Sprechstimme being Schoenberg's kind of big, big invention of like not really singing anymore, but right. kind of like, talking and with like pitches every once in a while. Oh, right. Like yeah. going through, it was just, he just made it so hard on himself and everyone else. Because um, <laughs> he's like, here are all the notes that you're supposed to not really sing. Um, and like, here's when I want you to really sing and not sing. And these notes are already hard as hell to hit because nobody's done this before. <laughs> Um, but and here are all my imaginary friends. <laughs> and, and it was also his most successful piece, I feel like. Or, uh, the most successful ones, I feel like, were like... like Piro Lunaire. Piro Lunaire, and then what's the one with uh, with Napoleon? Oh, I don't know. Whatever it is. The um, one where it's like the prison camps with the Sprechstimme, like the, the army guy. It doesn't matter. Okay. But like, I feel like those are, so those are his best ones, despite how weird it was for him to even try to do that. But n now I feel like it plays a way bigger ambiguity with tonal music where you know what, what the they're note, supposed to sing or, or just like that the, the pitch that they're around matters to, uh, as to whether or not you perceive it as being sung or being spoken. Right. right? As opposed to like Schoenberg where like the pitch doesn't matter anyways, because everybody, <laughs> Equal. It sounds mean to say the pitch doesn't matter in Schoenberg, but what I mean is like but that to, was like his whole point the average is that listener, yeah, right? like it's everything's like, equal and everything's like it it matters to Schoenberg what the pitch is, but not really to somebody like innately just right. kind of listening to it. Um, right. um, where yeah, as in this, like it's uh like there, I mean it's the same reason that I think like the blues like lowered third sounds so great to everybody is because you know what it's kind of supposed to be. Or whatever, right? Like yeah. you know it, and it makes you like, ooh, that's I know what you're like going for. You're doing a funny thing on it, and yeah, like it's got the same kind of thing as he's like not really hitting the notes that he's like, but aiming for. But we all kind of know what he's aiming for. But, but also, do you know the the piece? Sometimes we behave so strangely. By who? It's a. It's by a. It's not really. She's not really a composer. She was like somebody who was interested in like oral optical illusions could you type it in really quick because it actually is something that i have been meaning to bring up with this kind of shit and i think it really actually matters here do you, you know like how different trains and steve rice they'll they'll loop a, a spoken part and then it'll start to sound like singing yeah right this is her ex it like her big thing about that i'm like not she only just different a, from those that are really present but they sometimes behave so strangely as to seem quite impossible but they sometimes behave so strangely. They sometimes behave so strangely. 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 So, so the concept strangely. of this being so that strangely. repeating anything, so we hit a tonal. Yeah, so we start strangely. to associate it with like note values and stuff like that. Right. Or not note values, but like pitches and like, yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. And I think it does but happen. I, but I feel like it plays into this, mm -hmm. like into like arguing whether or not he's singing a pitch. Like he probably didn't. Right, but it's recorded. Shuri, shuri. Right, or just like certain ones that stick out to me, like oh baby, right? <laughs> I'm gonna take it. Right. Yeah. Oh baby. Or like, um, like my a, comic book fantasy. Is it, is it comic book or color book? I comic we, book. Really? Yeah. My, my comic, comic book, book fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Right. Like 
if you were to notate it out, like spectrum of notation would probably be the easiest way to do it yeah. sometimes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's like, are we recording? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought we were still debating whether or not to put that in. Uh, <laughs> no, this is this is part of it. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. And I think I think it's how I I think that's a good representation of kind of how I think about what we were talking about, like our debate about the all for love. Yeah. Is like, I never heard it as a, yeah. And the more I listen to it, and the more, <laughs> but the more you tell me about it, like the more I can hear it and see what you're talking about. I think, but it, I think to like people that aren't thinking that way and it just goes by and they didn't like listen to the song 800 times or whatever. Um, like it, it's really easy to just have it pass by and not even kind of associate it. Yes. However, I think it has to do with the like the logic set up beforehand. For example, in All for One, uh-huh. I keep using this I, because I, I feel that this is truly a B that he's singing. Yeah. Because first off, in the first verse, he sings an A in the same spot. Right. Yeah! Right? Uh-huh. And it's very pitched. It, he goes from one pitch to another, right? Yeah! Okay. Right? Um, so... In the same exact spot, on the same exact beat, in the second one, he goes, right? Somehow the suicide disciple has turned back <laughs> into on, the all on, for love. Well but no, my point is, is that I hear that, yeah, because there's precedent for it being right. a note up there, I got particularly. You. In this song, there is no precedent. He's playing on, like, is he singing or talking the whole time, right? right? There's not a, he doesn't go like, shuri, shuri. <laughs> My color book fantasy, right? right. Like, whatever, uh, comic book. But I don't know why I was always—I always thought it was comic okay. book. How does that make sense? Um, let's let's keep listening to what he comes in. This is this is a, it's an interesting. It's something I think about a lot, though. Is like how does pitch and voice relate when you're not trying to have a pitched voice, which or is a, when you are, um, which became a huge fad in in like music, um, like like. Whether it's like group vocals, right? Like we are tired of your abuse. Right. Like they keep coming back to the oh, same Gary pitch. Busey. <laughs> <laughs> we are so tired of Gary Busey. Um, no, but like or or uh, like right? Like like pitch is inescapable if you're using your voice, right? Yeah. But but like it's so it's but it's hard to know how to how to weigh it into the equation of what you think about the song because for me i hear it because i heard it over and over again and like the fact that records are repeated is what probably makes me think that those are in like that they sound like intentional pitches is because whereas they probably did that take one time i've heard it a hundred right and it's like it is cemented in there as a pitch like in a pitch world in the right. same way that the the Diana Deutsch is just repeated over and over again, like we've just heard him say "shuri shuri" so yeah. many times. Shuri that, shuri, <laughs> that right. it's just, shuri shuri. <laughs> right, like if uh, you just keep playing it, you can sing it back uh, exactly. Right, yeah. but that's just like a phenomenon. Right. But but the it being a phenomenon doesn't really give us any way of how to navigate it for an analysis. So if if something catches my ear and I'm like I always hear that as a sung part. I'll, mm-hmm. let, I'll let you know. But Let's, other than that, we're done. We're going <laughs> to listen to some more now. <laughs> shree, shree. Sounds like a D. 
Pause it one more second. I know I said I was done talking about this, but it but it's a whole double oh, vision. Oh, baby. It's a whole double vision that allows for multiple enjoyments of the song. How yep. can it not be, right? Like, it, oh, it like he's just accenting the blocks with his words right now, right? Sheree, mm. Sheree. Oh, oh baby. baby. Yeah. Right? So it whether or not we should even interpret it as a vocal line beginning is like left i don't know i just feel like it's structurally super interesting i mean it's also like in the spirit of of just how how people sing on songs like people don't have to know fucking anything about music to be able to sing sing anything over it so like he like he's not trying to like he could be not aware that he's even like singing notes about it but he's just singing whatever kind of feels whatever in the mood he's going for but the interesting part to me is like he still sang those notes mm-hmm. those are still what came out right regardless yeah. of if you know that you're singing a d sharp right or on like a f dominant seven augmented chord or whatever <laughs> right like like and like it doesn't matter like oh, the baby. fact is that your ear and your brain picked that out as you're like as how to vocalize yep. your first sound. And he full well knows this what the instruments of this track sounds like. Yep. Right? So this is why it's such a it's such an extra enjoyable thing if you're like a tonal nerd. Yeah. Because it, it's like they do become cemented as pitches. Yeah. Blah no, blah blah. I agree. That's cool. Let's keep listening. And in conclusion. Sri <laughs> Sri. Yeah. Or like a maraca. It's super distorted. Right. Sounds like a tambourine to me. Definitely a handheld thing. And there's also the bum 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 Yeah. I wrote down yeah. Okay, let's let's break this down for a second. So yeah, we've got percussion coming in. We've got like some kind of fucked up like tambourine or like like maraca. Yeah, Um we've got this which I just wrote down as heartbeat. Cause like that's all it reminds me of. That was the part that really reminded me of Raymond Scott. That and the combination of like the music box kind of thing, it reminded me of like soothing sounds for baby, right? Like the But think about. I think this song is super, kind of fascinating because so far we've got we've got, we've got so little, and for some reason it's like it like hooks you and it's weird. It's weird to feel so connected to something that has given you so little to work with, which is kind of like fast like. Even the fucking name Cherie, if it is a name. If it is a name, yeah. Like, like nobody's named that. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> that we talked song, about that, because I don't know anybody named Cherie. <laughs> the song is called it. It's kind of a love song about this person. Maybe. Or like an Cherie, obsessive song. Is Cherie, like, his safe word? Or, like, what is, like, Cherie? Because I don't... Like, it's not... All of these ambiguities are what makes the song interesting. That's what I'm saying. There's so much room for, like, interpretation as to what's going on. Like, all you have is this this chord progression that just hits all the, the notes of your lizard brain. Like, mm. there's this... 
one four five four in an uncreative way too i would like to say right just in a block way right like Like, it's not trying to in the way that we gave the chili peppers shit about it this is just that (laughs) like uh, it's like a church organ like like at a funeral or a wedding or something some downtime church organ like there's this shouldn't be as Sheree, interesting Sheree. As, as it is in this context. Right. Like, it's weird that it's... Oh, baby. <laughs> right, like, if you really break it down, like, nothing is, nothing is really happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's probably the most, like... In a world where music is constantly trying to grab your attention <laughs> for some from reason, the very when beginning. When I'm playing this while you're talking, it just sounds so inspirational. <laughs> In a world when music world. is constantly trying to get your attention, we're not. We're, we're out not. here always <laughs> selling Viagra insurance. <laughs> Viagra insurance. Um, <laughs> Sorry, interrupted that that thought. Um, no, that was no, a good but thought. there's nothing. There's nothing like going on, which doesn't usually capture your head like your ears as well as this does which is really fucking weird but there's also a big precedent for like a very bare bones beginning being very captivating right that that's like one of the like like <laughs> or or oh, like yeah. you know i was gonna play the the, the, the schubert oh the Yeah, right. I know what you're where, about. where it just starts like, yeah, it's like, or like the, the like, like I was thinking of the, yeah, the, <laughs> right, yeah, Chopin like impromptu, these, like, yeah, these big fat stupid like like, and well, but there's like there's Here's no a little story. <laughs> there's no tell. moment of we're off with yeah. this song. It's just like, and, <laughs> right, like. And yeah. it has you in this moment of suspense. And then it comes in and it doesn't deliver. And it, weirder stuff starts happening. Like yeah. It's evolving like a normal song, like in four-bar phrases and then, and, then, mm-hmm. and then with chords and, and drums coming in, right? But yeah. like there's, it's like alien feeling. Alien is a word that I think of for suicide quite a bit, I feel like. It just sounds like an alien playing major chords that right or like an alien trying to make like 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 these like an alien song. just lucked its way into a church job sherry like, sherry oh baby dude like if you if you were to just play this song it would be so boring right yeah but not Probably. I mean, you have the song still has to be enjoyable in the way that it unfolds. Right, which makes me think that I, I feel like a lot of it really has to do with uh, the juxtaposition that we were talking about earlier. Like, it's a really fucking fascinating collection of sounds. Like, we've got in like a in like a proto punk synth band from like the DIY 70s New York City we've got like church organ some kind of distortion and like sprechstimme all at the same time yeah which is which is fucking weird yeah <laughs> like that's not like that's that's weirder than most like contemporary Juilliard ensembles trying to be exactly. creepy or whatever exactly. they're doing um, th- this person is hearing is is hearing not he not the uh, whoever wrote the song or the collaboration between I feel like ha- is hearing these things as like cultural pressure points to put 
on top of each other almost. Like like the the ear goes deeper than what the notes are. It's about like how how it's how it what it is together. Yeah, like perception. Like what, yeah, like exactly. How it all like comes right? like it's which is which is I feel like the coolest fad of modernism, which yeah. is like not not just like I'm gonna devise like a twelve tone matrix and get my all combinatorial sets in a row so that I can then do a double inverted canon and all and of then the notes. Study on the it 16- for a year, you'll yeah. actually like, figure out that it's a crossword puzzle <laughs> versus like Schrechtema and pop chords. Yeah, right. A distortion, like yeah. a, a, like a, or like a like. Imagine if a serial killer was trying to write her love song, <laughs> right. right? Like, like, like s- cognitive, dist- uh, dare I say it, like a social distortion. <laughs> do, you know, do you know that band? No. <laughs> what? Uh, they're just a shit band. Uh, but, 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 like, uh, a, like the the dissonance, right? Uh-huh. Is is like in the disparate parts of your brain where you know those sounds and yeah. music, right? Or it's, like, it's like very. Um, I feel like we talked about this in an earlier podcast about like what what place does like classical music have going forward and I I was pretty strongly believing that it's just as like a reference, a reference in like yeah, in like postmodern tool. brain is like you play like a Bach chorale and everybody gets it and mm-hmm. knows what you're what the point you're trying to make is like right. this it's is a, a lot of different points being made all at the same time in people's brains. Yeah, like um, classical music is like a solidified tool for a modern music maker, and same really, way that like Buddy Holly doo-wop kind of right. is, or same way that like an organ sound is, or like right. or in the same way when Mozart was writing like how like the the steel gallant was versus yeah. like the you know like this is yeah, like, like this is a it. big this is a big like end of an era kind of hobby yeah. <laughs> i feel like is like like let's take all the trends and put them together in a bizarre ass way or like in a really satisfying way or a really not satisfying way or in a totally unimagined way but let's just like compile all of this stuff on top of each other and see what happens because yeah. like it all has to be part of the same zeitgeist right like it all has to be part of, it was all made in the roughly the same hundred years and it makes you feel good because you're recycling <laughs> <laughs> but but like like it's a more interesting way of dealing with like modern materials than trying to ignore them and just make a complicated like head game yeah right or like a, a like harsher than thou kind of like aesthetic of like we're the most extreme because it's all hurts you physically right like like which became a real thing i think like like we, we play faster we when play. you buy our cd you get a guy to punch you as well that comes with it <laughs> it comes with a bullet he goes home with you and hits you but and says no backseats right or like you get all of our demo bully. tapes have have teeth from our members in them like right like yeah. like there come there comes a point where like the the push for modernism outward is like a gimmick after a while it's yeah. like dude we have so many sounds yeah. like 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 just um, use one of them. Yeah. Or you don't just need like, to new, like invent something new every time. Right. It's like musicians particularly, I think, have a phobia of being like old fashioned because we're we are the most old fashioned thing. Yeah. Classical music is like the only thing in this world that somehow still gets a pass of like praising like I don't know, like this weird enlightened world of enlightenment time that was totally fucked up. Um but using using things that you know as like signifiers, right, is is a dope modern practice that I always try to do for sure. And I think that it's the most clear in its in its way of communicating itself. Like something is wrong, right? <laughs> like these two things don't sit well. Yeah. Right. I think of kind of Charles Ives, but his was like in a more 
like in heady a diff- way. <laughs> not not heady because it, it's not even really that. I don't know. Like I feel like maybe in his time it sounded more like like this does to me. You know, like when people were still going around doing military marches and playing like student fugues at the county fair. Yeah. Right. Like, but. I don't know. I have a I have a big soft spot for this kind of like harshness or modernism or or pushing the envelope or whatever. Yeah. Like more so than just like the harsh game or the or the unlikable game or the un uh, the unrelatable game. Yeah. Right. Because that's those are very real too. Um, like some people legitimately can't enjoy music unless they feel like somebody else can't enjoy it. <laughs> right. Um. Unless they get to go <laughs> go out with their friends and tell them all how they need to hear this, this and it, thing it, that it. none of them will like. <laughs> Dude, you've got to hear this eight hours of white noise <laughs> put through a black noise filter <laughs> until it comes out purple noise you haven't heard purple noise purple no- dude <laughs> purple noise is the only thing i listen to dude here <laughs> oh, baby. so percussion starting like around now the shaking thing oh, and that too Oh yeah, it's like really slowly Sheesh, coming out the hard filter and on yeah. the mix. Dude, if that wasn't there, this would be such a different song. If there wasn't this, yeah. I'm I'm I wrote down random improv percussion because i feel like, like somebody's the, got like some like buttons and i feel like they're trying to like it sounds like very the much different like sounds like the same rhythm but the pitch of the i think the rhythm change maybe the rhythm doesn't change maybe it's just the pitch of because there's this like kind of happening in the percussion and it sounds like down right yeah it's like right yeah it's got this like up down down Right. So the way that I, so I do that quite often when I record and the way that I do it is that I just have like the, the, like say that this is like a, like a kick that they have, Uh like, and then you just have like the, the, the pitch like assigned to a wheel, right? And it's not like you're thinking of like from G to A, right? But you're thinking like, like. Down, does it up, sound like down, right? Like or does it sound higher, like, lower? Right, exactly. It's like a, it's a, it's a different kind of ear exercise mm-hmm. that, that's, I think, more primitive in a yep. way because it's just like high, high and low and in between, right? Yeah. Well, um, not even like that high and not that low. Like it's all still in this range of there's like. Burp, burp. It's like this very subtle. It's like when somebody says, "Like I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to the grocery store." Right? Like, like just fucking. Yeah. No. Uh. But like, listen. I want to listen one more time, just to to where because I feel like they're changing. I feel like it's really consistent for a while, and then it starts getting like, it really comes across as somebody like fucking with it and kind of maybe trying to keep the same thing but screwing up a little and kind of like. Like not really, not caring, not 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 caring, because obviously they're caring because they're keeping the rhythm so fucking like consistent. I think that on it's it. probably a drum machine. Yeah, that they then have a like a, a knob little, for. A knob. I don't think that they're 
playing yeah. it perfectly in time every time like that. Let me hear it again. This is Oh Baby comes in. Oh Baby. Oh Baby. I think that's the shaker. That's the shaker being kind of off. I love you. It's super quiet. But it's still on beat. Yeah. No, it's on beat, but it it starts in just so quiet that it almost blends in with everything. Really slowly. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, it's switching, right? Yeah. There's no way to predict it. It's like all the possible variations of it, right? Yeah. Alright, so we're at we're at like a minute fourteen in and we've just had like the big dramatic entry of, of This is the last thing Will to guy. come in. Yeah. As far as like when we talk about the Ur song or whatever, right? Like yep. everything from here is just kept in play. Which right? is our, our patent, by the way. Nobody you can't better have fucking the steal song. the Ur song from us. That's um, what, that's that song before anything repeats. Is it so the rhythm is like yeah. Okay. So we've got our percussion, our slow. That's like the most. I feel like that's the most dramatic, like <laughs> fade in that yeah. a percussion instrument has it's ever a, had. It's a, it's a volume fader one too. It's not like I don't know. I thought I thought maybe that it was just the filter kind of slowly becoming un, unleashed, and then he starts playing with the filter. But he's playing with the filter while the volume is sliding up. Yeah, it's a small difference, yeah. but like, but. But it's really just doing like I feel like it's very like Schubertian. It's like bass note and then like Schubert is something that we brought up a couple times, and I I I feel like he's not irrelevant to this song, like or to the style. Because dude of, just made of, like the like, most like perfect little pre-pop songs. I feel like yeah, <laughs> like, like he's very he's very um like everything is a symbol, right? Yeah. Like, like he has a note and it's like, because the guy is like trudging around or something, right? right. Or like, like there's, there's, there's something similar in the craft. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not, which is interesting. I feel like it's really consistent song by song too. Like you don't get these songs where like wonky shit happens and you do these like dances in the middle of it and some like trio section that doesn't make any right. sense. Like it's a very... I feel like he really kind of got a handle on like a consistent tone through a song, yeah. like a mood and an affect mood, that yeah. didn't really a like vibe. shift weirdly enough to take you out of the moment. Like, right. Like, like, like he, a he was able or, to like a Beethoven or Schumann even. I feel like Schumann, like as much as I love shit by him. He a TV a lot of the time. Yeah. Of, like and every word like, really matters and needs to be different. And really likes kind of weirding you out. <laughs> like there's like a, I feel like that's part of Schumann is just like, oh, weird. <laughs> like, that we've yeah. done that right now. But oh, like, you modulated like th- to a random ass key. Yeah, like, like but you it's really like Schubert does it. Schubert will just be plunking along, and then all of a sudden he'll just be in the new key, right? Yeah. <laughs> like without any difference. <laughs> it's like that kind of difference. I don't know. I feel like you nailed it with saying that it's like creating like a a one sound for for all the lyrical content. Right. right. It's like 
a page long thing that that fits this mood. That's a very very weird and hard skill to do that I yeah. feel like is is really inherent with songwriting. Right? Yeah, or like I I feel like I talk about it in terms of like uh like films too. Like people always talk about how weird movie like a big reason like certain movies are just weird and confusing is because you can't tell like what kind of tone they're going for. It's mm. like like the Three Musketeers just has like weird rapey scenes and then like comedy and then a guy Get getting his wench. head cut off and then yeah. somebody jumping off a cliff and, and committing like suicide and it's for movie. kids and you're like what is going like it's like Rod tonally Stewart comes in it's just confused yeah. it doesn't know what it's going for um, which is, I think is one of the inherent problems of of music that is quote-unquote overproduced or movies that are quote-unquote overproduced yeah. is that there's so many people with so many different ideas doing things that there is no real solid vibe yeah right yeah um and like like when you watch like 2012 or whatever that movie was right that's just like it's <laughs> all Cusack? over yeah <laughs> oh like, man i i will not i will not stand for dis, dissing that movie <laughs> no i'm just Modern saying like classic. i remember i feel like or um what was i you saw this movie once called like pacific store. rim oh yeah which is just like or maybe i don't know but i just feel like high budget movies i'm always confused as hell and being like, what is the plot, really? Like, why does this matter? Why are we doing this? 2012 this, has, like, has the scene where they're in the grocery store and the couple is in an argument and she's like, I feel like there's something breaking between us. And then an earthquake splits the store in half between them. Oh, my them. God. Classic like, movie moment. <laughs> yeah, but like, like, I don't know. Never mind. Um, Okay, so we've got our we've got our heartbeat, and then our little boy comes in way high up. My color book fantasy. He's getting higher, regardless of if he's singing pitches or not. Yeah, his tone of voice is getting higher, which then leads to the highest thing. Right? So, Do you not hear like a dotted rhythm? No, I just heard this. Play it one more time. It wouldn't surprise me if it was just the the quarter notes. I don't think it goes back. I think it goes down. I think it goes like, mm -hmm. I don't. He I only hear three notes. Like, I and it just has echo and reverb on it. I I hear on some of them. Um, That's weird. I always thought it was <laughs> a little little boogie woogie. <laughs> um, I hear on some of them. Maybe it doesn't go back on the ya ta ta team. I have to hear again, but I definitely hear on some of them just ya ta dum ta dum bum. Isn't that like? Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. Oh, it's a big. But hear me out. Is it not just a half note echo? It could be. Like, wait, wait. 
And the higher it gets and the more overdrive it gets, the more we hear it. Could be. I don't fucking know shit about how any of that works. Um, but so, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's like it's not being played again. Right, it's just yeah, still exactly. hanging in the mix. Um, or it just hits again at that time because it's on a tape echo. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Point being is that it's like very music boxy and far away feeling and is playing those notes generally right you've got this like you've got this like very like atmospheric yeah like star starlight music box like tiny little shimmering kind of sound like it's a very fucking like you hear that and like i feel like all all people know what that sound is they will like associate it with something yeah. like it's like oh that like mm-hmm. i i recognize that yeah. like it's not my grandfather's old also at this point the tambourine thing is just so much and it it, like it blends with the right yeah (laughs) you kind of start to feel that the tambourine and the are starting to make a rhythm yeah tambourine Da, 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 tambourine. Da, 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 tambourine. So there we have like da, 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 dee, da, da, da. first inversion C major chord. Da, da, right? da, da, da. We're talking about the really high part here, where I I feel like the it just changed for the first time, right? Let me hear it again. Just That's the weird. one time. Hang on. Oh, it goes all the way up to C. Then D major down. Why, is, why do I think this one is dotted again? Maybe it's not. Hold on. No, it sounds it sounds yum Does it? Yum papa. It sounds it like there. I don't think for the first one, but there it's up. God, it's so quiet. It's like gone. He's doing like just a ton of different versions of outlining the chords, right? Yeah. I've got a I've got a thought. This is making me feel like this song was just like okay, what do we we've got like it's like at three minutes, I think forty two seconds. Where are we right now? We're we're at two forty seven. Okay. I feel like this song was like a five minute jam. 
where everybody was like on an instrument recording a session. They had five minutes of every instrument playing and then somebody just sat down with like the mixer and faded everything in and out. Like nothing here sounds like it's just like starting at yeah. this point. Like everything sounds like it's just in and out and in and out. Like But the only person improvising is the high pitched thing. Everything else is just doing the same thing over and over again. That for sure is being phased in and out. That and the voice are like the kind of main speakers of the song. I and the like. bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum, to a certain extent. Like, it's well, got well, like, yeah, bum, it's bum, got bum, variation bum, as well. Bum, right. Bum. Um, right. We, but like, it's wild because it just, it gives this, Im- you know what? Like psychologically, I feel like it's a lot like that Talking Heads song we talked about is that this is less of like a song with like a structure and more of just like a thing that you kind of fade into and then fade out of. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a, it it makes you feel like safe because it seems like you're like this fly on the wall in like just somebody's like little like event that's happening Mm -hmm. in a recording studio. And it's kind of, kind of always happening, mm -hmm. right? You can return and it's always the same. Yeah. It's just like, it's like got this very kind of like timeless, infinite sort of feeling to it is just like, Oh yeah, that part, like he's still playing. Listen, and you turn up the volume knob and he's still there going Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) Mm Hmm. It kind of gives it like, and and this is obvious, I suppose, to a certain extent, but like fading things in and out gives you a different perspective of distance, right? Like it's more like walking again by the like celeste player or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, or like, uh, like that's how I always felt with like forte and piano is like far away and close up, right? Uh huh. I, I feel like. It, the faders provide a very similar thing of like a three-dimensional kind of thing that that the listener is kind of walking through right it's like it, especially if it's left ear right ear right and right. like this person is getting quieter and quieter and this stuff is getting louder and louder yeah right like there's a feeling of going towards literally a certain part of this hypothetical room right, right? um yeah no it's crazy but it's also weird because it's like, what does that mean in the context of this guy's, like, love song fantasy? Maybe it's time to talk about his words. Yeah. Um, in a, cause Wait, I feel so like... we, we've got, like, 50 seconds left. Should yeah. we finish the song? So, like, I, I honestly don't really want to, like, notate shit for this. Like, it seems like it would almost kind of ruin it to be like, oh, what exact note did he, like, kind of play up there in his C major, D major, C major, C right, major, yeah. C major, D major? Like, it's obviously just somebody kind of fucking around and having, like... Right, like, we could we could go do our, our own jam of this. Right. Right, and, like... Which is probably just, like, they just are super stoned just sitting around playing it over and over and over again until they've got, like, an hour, and then they have to cut a three-minute song out mm. of it. That's, like, what it feels like, because yeah. it's, like... They this was really relaxing for them to play, so they played it a bunch, and then like probably the vocals were like one of the last things they put in, and he kind of just like went in the booth and and kind of sang mm-hmm. words over the jam that they had, because you can also tell like when he comes in, like certain things fade out, like it's very intentional. Like I do that with the podcast when like mm-hmm. when one of us makes a point and the music's too loud, I drop the music and then like yeah. boost the vocals so that we can hear what you say, and like it's it's that like it sounds like they're like turning down the yeah, the mix it's very so that much can... a song like how in DJ Rashad you can hear him like turning up and down the master 
volume knob, right? Yeah. Weirdly, or like like you can hear the person controlling the knobs, yeah. which is always a cool thing to hear. Yeah, right? it's like super personal feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I heard like you yeah. do that. Right, like, like you could hear his finger like sliding <laughs> yeah. up for this one part, or like yeah, exactly. Let's let's finish the song. What did he say? My right hand lady? My black leather lady. I love you. A little blues note. Yeah. I want him. Wow. So there's definitely an effect on this music box being able to hear it by itself now. It's definitely on some kind of reverb and some kind of like delay. Also that that it's a beautiful fade out, I think. Yeah, so let's it's just quick. let's let's I feel like usually fade outs are much longer. Yeah. I was I was I wanted to preface this quick listening that we just did with this, but now I'll I'll ask it again. Like what what wins? Cuz like there's like a like <laughs> like some some parts of this song like take first place by the end of this song. Like right? Like what like we we have everything as loud as it is at a certain point he's singing as like intensely at the end as he can the like guitar bass and and organ are playing the tambourines are like louder than ever before and then they all start to disappear and we're they left disappear with... kind of almost like they're really just sitting around there and they're like okay that's enough and one person's like like yeah, stop, they on just beat. stop. And like, like like so many people cut out so quick let's listen There's to so just sounds. the very end so we've got everybody i think here Organ still going strong. Everything pretty much. Sounds like some of the background, the organ and the guitar are getting rid of. Yep. They're fading out. Organs fading out. But the music box is still doing new music. Yeah. And all we've got at the end of it is tambourine. No, we got the tambour. Yeah. The synth at the top, the tambourine, and the kick, or whatever it is. The automatic loops. The kick has become totally consistent, too. All it's doing now is... Listen to that. Nope, not yet. Here. Interesting. That's it's like once wild. he has once he has his time to be heard, he goes back to, to being a robot. And that's our I think that I think this the high synth wins. Like, yeah, I mean just like, by a hair. <laughs> yeah. Like in the in the horse race of this song. It's kind of like a last ding. Yeah. Right? Like 
as everything else is like like and it gets more cutesy like that the, the that is the one thing that's gotten more intense and more like musically like developed yeah, throughout like, the whole song the shyest kind of most led up to thing won't shut up by the end like the one that was so shy and like quiet yeah it started from such humble beginnings and by the end it's and just like it's, yeah or it's like yeah it's got like dotted it's got like extra dotted rhythms it's got new notes. definitely it's somebody like, sitting around playing mm-hmm. right just the same way that i feel like the yeah right it's somebody sitting around fucking around with like basically the same couple of choices that's right? a crazy like psychological thing too is i i keep saying that's my buzzword for this episode apparently um is it yeah but but um it's like i i feel like i feel like the kick drum player lost the race before the kick drum stopped like he stopped being <laughs> able to like improvise and do new stuff and he just like i just feel like it's a very interesting like hall of mirrors to suddenly be the star and then go back to being a robot yeah it's kind of like like he's been so Diligent of our masculine, being... our masculine he kick drum. <laughs> he, I, just, I got a problem with doing that with, with talking about notes. Yeah. When I teach him, I was like, "Who's he?" Or you know, like, but I, um, but who's like? Ha. It's like when something is moving out of the corner of your eye, and then yeah. like, because unless I'm sitting there like really listening really closely, I probably will feel like there, something is different, but I don't really know what. Yeah. Right. No, it's um, super. It's su- very I mean, subtle. that whole progression of like the kick drums development is like one of the most subtle pieces of this song. I yeah. feel like, it's and like, it's like a, a an entire arc, you know, mm-hmm. like with everything else. Um, it's like fade in from absolute nothingness mm-hmm. to 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 just like to the main impri- thing. Yeah, to the main thing, switching every time. To yeah. then to then retur- like becoming for the first time in the song, like finally, the centerpiece, just a normal drum. At the end, but also right? it's like the most centerpiece that it ever is, if right it, in the last minute of like, yeah. like that and the the tambourine and the high part yeah. are like the big three things. But why would it not then be keep improvising yeah, or something? Like, yeah, why it's is weird. It, why does it return to? It lends power to the high thing for it to do that because yeah. if they were fighting or not fighting, right? But if it was it was doing weird things, but I would have I would have been fine with that. Right, like that wouldn't that would have been something I would have been just as stoked about. I feel like this choice is just strange to me. I mean that that would have felt like natural, mm-hmm. which I think makes it kind of spooky to me <laughs> that it just goes to like being so strict right yeah. in the close of the song. Is it it gives up on its own like uniqueness, yeah, and starts just being like what it is, or I like mean, the I guess guy walked away. <laughs> I guess it could have just been like bump 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 bump. Like it's still at least got the high and the low. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the instruments, is that, it? Is that the end? Yeah, that's the end. Whew. Um, it's such an, it was such an enjoyable and not stressful one to do. I feel like I got to just sit and pontificate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was, it was low pressure. Low. <laughs> okay. Wait, uh, can we do the vocals and just get a general arc of his voice through the song? Like listen to the vocals. So like every, every little, little chunk of this starts with the Sheree Sheree. Like, oh, baby, I love you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think that's in almost every one. Oh, baby, oh, baby, I love you, baby. I love you, Cherie, Cherie. I love you, I love you. Like, the only the only unique lines in each verse are my comic book fantasy. So there's one thing that stands out. My black leather lady. Uh, shut the door, come play with me. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just this kind of, I love you. Like, it's got, like, the Rod Stewart. <laughs> like, if you unpitched Rod Stewart, I feel like it would sound Slow like Slow Rod Stewart down. But, but like, I feel like I have, I have just such a clear mental image of the suicide guy just jerking off when he's doing most of these vocals. To not just this song, but most of the songs. Yeah. Um, and and clearly that's probably not what's happening, but I feel like there's an effect of like somebody by themselves obsessing on this album. Not just in this song, but I feel like I can't help but shape the, how I hear this this song's like lyrics by comparing it to the rest. You know, right. where he's like, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about like the other the other like. like five or six songs or yeah. whatever right off yeah. of this um yeah no 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 it's it's he is a character on the album and he is a character in his the way that he delivers his shit is a character in the song as well um the only thought more disturbing is that it's actually just him and this is who he is right but i but there's clearly like an act to be sound to sound different than like at the very minimum he is intentionally trying to sound kind of weird right yeah no he's he's doing like a like this is if you just put him by himself on like a stage with a mic like this is some weird performance like some art like, Eric, like oh, baby. <laughs> uncle muscle or just i i feel like i've i've been to just countless like performances at tiny little theaters in new york where somebody gets onto stage and just acts weird for 10 minutes and yeah. then everybody claps and they leave <laughs> like this sounds like that <laughs> like this is like a spoken word piece about about how yeah like i i, I think it's interesting that that i think i think back to what we were saying earlier it's fascinating that the yeah Cherie like I feel like everybody knows deep down this is some kind of love song more based on like the context clues and I guess the I love yous because that's pretty clear like but also like we recognize we recognize like the tonality and like the pee da dum bum bum pee ba bum bum ba pee da dum bum pee da da dum pee pee like that's a clear like feeling that we all know is like it's the it's the like sixties kind of ballad sweet song where you play at the roller rink and buy a hot dog for your girl or whatever like it's it's like everybody gets it but it's it's really fucking like transfigured into yeah. something kind of upsetting in this song. I I see it as like a songwriter's attempt to expose like some kind of desperate, grotesque underpinning to what makes those fifties and sixties popular songs so so like weird to listen back to. Just yeah. like listening to like "Hit Me Baby One More Time," right? It's like no 17 year old should be singing this song <laughs> with like them kneeling on the album cover right like yeah. um like like there's something fucked up culturally about what makes something popular to begin with and okay yeah cuz i was about to i was about to say something that's similar but also like conjoins with that and you know whatever yeah it's the thing that i think is sweet about all that music is just how fucking one-dimensional and like simple it all is 
Like that's what that's what is inherently cute about it is just like oh it's back in a time when people were fucking stupid and only thought about that. But but like as as it's evolved, like I feel like I feel like this song really illustrates pretty well that like shit is not that simple. Right. Like it's a that's a big part of it is it's like it's hard to connect with a song like a doo-wop love ballad from the 50s cuz you're just like you feel like sm- just smarter in than the way them. Of, like, <laughs> like yeah during you know like first wave feminism and yeah. like the the after like the civil riots and yeah, stuff like you know that, that like, like racism's like, bad you know that people deserve right. equal rights you know like you know so much more so it's hard to be like oh yeah this is my song right and it's almost <laughs> like somebody trying to cling to this one like stupidness that they perceive or the one dimension like because it's just like how like people fantasize this time period because it was nice because they didn't have to think about shit right right like specifically white dudes right right um is like yeah we have all of these nice pops doo-wop songs by these by these groups that we won't even let in the front door and <laughs> like like isn't it so nice my daughter's going to her prom and they're gonna like hire this group to play this slow dance song but like really like america is a horrible place and everything that you do is kind of tainted with evil um or at at the very least the oppression of somebody else right and and it's hard for people to let go this is like the whole neocon kind of dream i feel like is that it's harder for people to let go uh, or realize that this time sucked for most people Right, it's like we have to get back to our to what the founding fathers wanted in the 1960s. I think um, there's something like, deep though, because I, I, like, yes to all of that, but like, I feel like at the end of the day, like, people kind of like wish that it could be as like simple and yeah. stupid as it was. Like, not in like an evil way. But the not more in, you like, know, a, the more the more the more you have to lie to yourself. Right. Right. Which is what I'm saying. It's like, it's so hard to kind of try to connect with anything from back then in like a, in like a kind of true kind of pure way. This is why the, but it's like, it's, that's why that's what, but I think people still kind of really wish they could. And this song is specifically kind of fascinating because I feel like it kind of represents that idea is that you kind of wish you could go back to how it was, especially in just something that's like as as like non uh, like offensive as just like a love song like there's like i love you there's very little that's like inherently bad about it it's all the context of kind of what was happening in the 50s that makes that bad but like the sentiment is fine yeah like and and that's what that's what like moves me so much about this song is it like it wants the sentiment and it's packaging it with the the like uncomfortableness that you feel by wanting that sentiment yeah does that make sense yeah i i think that there's something maybe even being questioned about like are our love songs inherently good like I don't know. I think of like the kind of social wokeness that was trying to happen in the 70s um, of like how just blatantly misogynistic all radio songs are or yeah. all anything is right mm-hmm. at the time. And like there is a kind of desperateness in his singing, which I think plays because it's like there is a there is again like a cognitive dissonance between like 
what he knows is real. Like this is the 1970s now. We don't go around and like you know like are like hey doll like get me a get me a snail on the rocks and and like smack her on the ass. I had a snail or, on the rocks last her, night. Like, yeah, like, or whatever. <laughs> like 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 but yeah. but for a first for like. Is it weird to relate this kind of to like like white psycho boy school shooting mentality because I don't think it's really that far off which is why it kind of is a prophetic song is because there is this this desperateness of like I love you. Like all of these things are major and happy, and like I'm I, I want to feel like this. I'm supposed to feel like this. There's like this kind of like like trying to hold on to something that you know isn't right, but you want it because it sounds so nice, right? And I feel like this is being played and talked about with like a love song in general in this. Like how right is it to inflict like I love you on somebody over and over again, yeah. right? And especially in such a scary way. Yeah, but it like it it I mean school shootings is only a stretch because because this song was made in such a different context from that. Earlier like, I don't think that, shit yeah. like there had been like school shootings really like at least to the level of this by like 1978. Um but but what's like fascinating is that like it fucking plays still and that's like something kind of amazing about it is you can it's it's so kind of deeply ingrained what they're kind of going for in this song and so um simple that that that's why it it just like captivates people is cuz you can apply your own kind of situation and context to it at like any time like this song's been big for yeah. 40 years. I mean, big, quote-unquote. Like, I mean, known, people know known this and song. Loved. Like, yeah, I love like, this song. I mean, most people that know this song know it and like it. I yeah. don't know anybody that's like, oh, sure, sure, it's okay. Like, yeah. I, like, I, I feel like it really hits people as being, like, something. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, all metaphors aside or whatever, it is somebody singing in, like, a like kind of uncomfortable tone mm -hmm. um, over things that we we recognize, but um, but, like haven't really heard before in a structure that's kind of similar to like a love song, like a, a cheesy chord progression 50s song, right? Um, and very boxy, right? Um, yeah. Like, there's just so many, there's so much to look into in this song. I think that more than any metaphor that you can make about it, like really being like, uh, like for me, like I, I see like a lot of like this white desperateness that, that I see in like these like bright Bart kids and stuff like that as well of like, there's a certain amount of entitlement that comes with being so desperate for a past that you didn't even have. I feel like is like, I mean, but yeah, but you can, you can, my point is yeah. that like, yeah, I can pile on metaphors and shit like that, but what but what's striking is is just like the the like bizarre combination. Yeah, and that that just sets people's brains off. And the, yeah, right, no, like, no. like in it, all it, different things, it's like bad and uncomfortable, and like like everybody has a bad and uncomfortable <laughs> and and a want, right? And like like there's there's just a like I don't know this the song is something. The song is something that's. I feel like usually I'm pretty done with talking about something by the time we're at the end of the yeah. podcast, but I'm not. Like it, it. 
I feel like this song is a is like a good sequel to like Venus in Furs or something mm. like that by like Vel- we were talking about Velvet Underground earlier. Like that. Yeah, like it I feel like at least the context in which it was created was there was this kind of romanticized idea of like a dominatrix for kind of like the like early yeah, like BDSM. We haven't even talked about that, but like, of course. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's like a huge part of it to me is like like paying a prostitute or something like that and like it's like Cherie Cherie and like there's this whole kind of like New York like free love kind of like thing that this is coming out of that you like but it's also dark it's like not as as like yeah, it, it seems more like BDSM than Venus and Furs does. Yeah, <laughs> like it, even though Venus and Furs is like explicitly a BDSM song, uh, this just feels like because you've just got this like completely pathetic singer just like just begging for something. <laughs> yeah, and like his comic, like the one thing we know about this singer is that he reads comic books. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all the context right. we have. Cherie is somebody he really likes. He reads comic books and he wants her to close the door in her black leather. And, yeah, and play um, with him. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Um, but but what we're saying, yeah, is that it just it goes so much like deeper. Like maybe that was the original meaning, but like something that really fucking works is when like you mean it that way, and then people can just apply it to their lives right. for. 40 years after the fact. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that like, there's something more aware about like BDSM than Venus and Furious particularly is in this song that it captures like not BDSM, but like the, the personal feeling of being somebody who, who wants somebody to come in and like, you know, beat the shit out of you or make them lick your boot or, yeah. I, or whatever. Right. Like there is a perverseness. I feel like in this song. Yeah. Um, a that, perverseness that is like at once kind of like softened by the music, but yeah. also kind of made like more uncomfortable by it. Right. Because like it like blends in yeah. and it kind of, it kind of like infects everything around it. Right. Like if somebody had sang something really pretty over this, it would have just been like a beautiful song. Yeah. Right. Um, like the music works to be, to be successful, like as bizarre of a combination as it is. Right. If somebody had come in and like, I don't know. They're, they're, I mean, they're... arguably, maybe not. Because, like, oh, the Red Red Hot Chili Peppers tried to make a song out of this chord progression as square as this one True. is, and they it sucked. <laughs> like, like, maybe if you're, like, going for just, like, a simple, stupid thing and you don't, like, you don't imbue it with a different kind of, like, deeper meaning, like, then it maybe comes off as, like, a, a stupid, simple thing. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can, like, objectively judge the music on its own in this True. song because I've just heard it for so long with this like tense like scariness behind it that i that i that i always am just wondering about um i it's funny we've never done like an explicit explicitly sexual song i don't think of this as an explicitly sexual song either um like because it's what not. becomes of the broken hearted dog <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> become of my dog who farted <laughs> um but but like it's interesting how the tone of voice paints the music that you hear, yeah. right? Like, if they were very calm, like, Cherie, 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 Cherie. Oh, baby. Like, yeah. if Scott Walker had done this, right? 
but he, it's still he been too creepy has too. this chilly, like, there's something that I feel like people from this time Chimichurri. pick up on. Um, yeah, like, like I, want, I want to do Scott Walker too. Um, oh, baby. Right, or like, um, or again, like Nebraska, right? Like, yeah. With all of these, like, please, Mr. Policeman, please don't stop me. Yeah. Right, like, 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 this pathetic last, like, found as the husky, disgusting slug that they are before they do something, like, disturbing or just off themselves kind of tone. I feel like um, it's this like, weird combination of, like, expressionist musical theater. Yeah. <laughs> where it's, like, super but dramatic. But it's too cool. It, realizes like, it doesn't want to be corny, so yeah. it's, like, on record, right? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like, this could have been very overplayed at a theater of, like, yeah. some clown brushing its teeth, bouncing around on the stage while, like, some, like... Two people like are having sex, and it's just like Cherie, Cherie, right? <laughs> like, like it is absurdist theater in a certain sense because we don't know what's going on, right? Right. But at the same time, like I feel like, <sighs> um, no, I don't know. Like this song, like in a in a, not to just put it in like a lame way that doesn't really explain why this is such a hit but i feel like i feel like i i kind of could associate Cherie with any number of things in my life mm-hmm. like i i get it <laughs> like i i it's something that i feel like isn't explicitly stated to the point where you can you can just slap it on to most things that that affect you in this way in the way that the singer is singing it right, right. like i i know <laughs> this i know this feeling that he's going for um and i feel like that's really what kind of gets people with it is like love and patheticness and kind of longing for like a simpler like nostalgia but also knowing you can't cuz it's just gone and has been warped and distorted by like and just yeah. like tunnel vision of fixation yeah. and obsession and not like seeing things clearly. Right. And being kind of sick. Yeah. I feel like there, there's like, I want to help this person, but I'm scared of them. I want to, right. But they're smelly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to touch them. Yeah. <laughs> um, damn. Yeah. This is a, this is a good one. I'm happy we did this song. Yeah. Is that um, it? Are we done? I feel like, cause after having explained the music shit and like the idea that what is what is uncomfortable is the fact that it's just like different for everybody uncomfortable it's like a bad ugly rorschach <laughs> that like <laughs> looks like a lot of bad things yeah. but nothing in particular <laughs> right yeah like it's like, very like psychologically just kind of right like it made me think about random ass shit that it has nothing to do with yeah. right and that's like that's like creepy in itself but like there is there is like it sets some kind of pathway in your brain to bad and good things but it also (laughs) god like i don't know it's there's so many fucking like layers to it like i feel like it sets you off in this kind of bad direction uh, but the music just has your back like it's this like it's such a fucking like mind fuck of feelings that it makes you go through is like yeah. when have i felt like this singer oh god like i'm thinking about all these things in my life that i feel uncomfortable and pathetic about and then there's just like the warmest washes of just like the most like beautiful shit you could ask for 
with nothing like disturbing right, the waters. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just the most placid fucking lapping like wave just hitting you every chord of like, it's okay. Like at yeah. the same time of like, you're going through all this and it's just, it's just sitting there with this like. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. Yeah. It's a trip, man. The song, the song hits people. Yeah, um, that's why it's a hit design. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, I feel like you can. I, it's weird. You can really dwell on any facet of it and like how beautiful the music is or how creepy it is. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to think of it and dwell on it as a whole. For me, because I don't. It's like there is no whole. It's like a moment of feeling bad and then good and confused. It's like a full mental race listening to the same thing over and over again. Somehow, yeah. right? which is like I, I feel like a a much more accurate depiction of like what what feeling like love or whatever is than any fucking like love song is. Word. Like this song makes you go through so much in the context of like being a love song. Like it's it's wild. It like it's a it's a very accurate representation of like all the bad you feel trying to like be in like some kind of like loving relationship or the, like, like patheticness, the desperateness, this like the like perverseness. Yeah. Feel, like, like it's, that's all there too. But then there's also this, like, like you said, like just like these like heroin chords, yeah. heroin in the drug sense of just being like, <sighs> like pain killing, like just nothing could be wrong. Yeah. And it's almost like because that's there, he feels safe to express himself as like the sick fuck that he is. <laughs> right? We've just got like a uh, therapist of these chords. Yeah. Just like telling you to let it all out. Um, anyway, nothing can be trusted in this song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the music is always the same. But oh, the Um, good, good choice. All right. Uh, Martin Rev, Alan Vega, rest in, rest in peace to, to Alan Vega. Um, go, go listen to this whole album. It's a, it's a trip to go through. If you're driving, watch out for, for Frankie teardrops. Um, production, Craig Leon and Marty Thau, who I think did like a shit ton of stuff. Really? Yeah. Ramon, Suicide, Talking Heads, Blondie, like, Damn. like these people like worked on shit. Um, yeah. This is a really like a, I feel like this, this album's like a really good, like first dip into a lot of stuff. Like it gives you it's like, like the listening to the Berg of, Sonata kind yeah. of. <laughs> it gives you like the beginnings of like synth pop and like the beginnings of punk and like mm-hmm. the end of like the development of like the sixties into yeah. like whatever happened afterwards. Um, yeah, this is, this is a, a good, a good, a good hit. Um, Dead Air Records. Dead Air Records. Thanks still, for listening. We're still out here. Thanks for listening still. if you made it to the end. Yeah. Color book fantasy. Send us emails with all of the perverted things this song <laughs> makes you think of. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please do that. Uh, I already said mine. <laughs> My brain just went to school shooters for some reason. <laughs> so you can't do worse than that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, thanks for listening. We're still out here. Peace. Five billions. Bye. Bye.